Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mind Gap Podcast. I am Doug, and my co-host Justin is currently unavailable, but don't you worry. He'll be along shortly after the introduction. So allow me to tell you about one of our fine, fine sponsors, Elephant and Castle, located 185 North Wabash in Chicago, Illinois. It's a wonderful place. We love spending time there. We love recording there. And more importantly, they have wonderful, wonderful food and drinks for you to enjoy at your leisure. They have great happy hour specials where anything that is $11 or less is known as a snack and share and is half price. What a lovely, lovely way to enjoy an evening or a happy hour. They also have daily specials, such as Monday. They have one and done Mondays where a very special craft keg of beer is brought in on the backs of hard-working folks. It's tapped, and it is poured until it is gone, and it costs a mere $3 a pint for you to enjoy. So please, take advantage of that on Mondays. They have Tin Up Tuesdays, where all tins are 25% off a tin. You might ask, what, Doug, what is this? What is this magnificent metal of which you speak? Well, it's merely a can of beer, but it's 25% off on Tuesdays. It's Wednesdays, or Wine Down Wednesdays, where all glasses of wine are a dollar off and bottles are half price. Thursdays is Local Only Thursdays, where local brews of Chicago beer are $5.50. And if you are one of those fine people that wakes up and doesn't know if you would prefer breakfast or lunch, well, good news, Elephant and Castle provides brunch. It's a real delicious treat where mimosas and Bloody Marys are all $5 on the weekend. So please enjoy a fine brunch. Stop by and enjoy Elephant and Castle 185 North Wabash. You will not regret it. All right. That being said, I'd like to take a moment to talk to you about MindGap and what you can do to help us out. If you would mind going to wherever you're listening to this right now and taking a moment to rate and or review our podcast, letting us know how you think it is. How's it working? How's it working out? We would love to hear from you, and we would love the world to know what you think as well. If you also wouldn't mind clicking the little share button on your social medias or perhaps on wherever you're listening to this podcast and spread us around, we would greatly appreciate it. If you have someone that you know would have thoughts or ideas about what we're doing and would be engaged and wonderful Please share it with them. And please do not be afraid to reach out to MindGap Podcast on any of our social medias. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Look for us at MindGap Podcast there. We also have an email, mindgappodcast at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out to us. We love to hear from you, especially when considering some of the nerdy things we discuss in our throwdowns or other assorted ideas. We'd love, love, love to hear from you. All right. Now, that being said, Get ready for episode 172 of Mind Gap Podcast, where Justin and I connect with each other digitally via the magical nature of Skype. Because it's snowy and wintry and shit, and we couldn't actually physically be there, but we made it work with the magic of technology. In this episode, uh, I actually admit that I, I put up a tree this year in my home, and I kind of enjoyed it. We talk about some of the board games I played with my friends and family, over Thanksgiving, and we talk about my first experience with Dungeons and Dragons. It was a real hoot and did not go the way I expected to. So, that being said, sit back, relax, and enjoy this fine mental and verbal concoction known as Mind Gap Podcast, Episode 172. Mind Gap Podcast. 
I know we did. I'm feeling it down in my bones. We nailed it. <laughs> in my plums. Down in my purplish hue. Bluish hue. My bluish. My bluish My, my hue. Hugh Hefner's. I feel it in my sugar plums. Out of my sugar plum fairies. My sugar plum fairies. You'll be shocked to know we put up a Christmas tree. Whoa! 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 Yeah. I'm sorry. You you did what now? Yeah, we put up a Christmas tree. We put lights on it. We put little bells on it. We put a Doug. star on it. We put a tree skirt. This is a red letter day. Are you I know. kidding me? The whole time I was happening, I'm what? like, I bet Justin would be. He's probably having some stomach pains right now and some massive diarrhea, and he doesn't know why. It's because, excuse me, we just put up a Christmas tree and That's other assorted decorations. That's what that's what I've been wondering. That was that feeling I felt all day. I couldn't I couldn't pinpoint it, and now I know what it's been. In case you're been, were, in case you're running, the Christmas spirit is diarrhea. So, spoiler alert: <laughs> it's diarrhea. It's diarrhea. Yeah. So, is it a real tree? Uh, it's a fake tree because I don't believe in real okay. trees. Because I don't think oh, real trees exist. You don't believe they exist at all. <laughs> they don't exist at all. Nope. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Nope. That's, that sounds about right. Yep. That Earth, tracks. As Earth they say. is flat. Trees are fake. Here we go. We got. We're less than. We're less than uh, a minute in, and we already. Uh, we already uh, are on the flat Earth thing. Doug. Doug's already spouting off his conspiracy theories mm-hmm. about flat Earth. Yeah. Christ. Yeah. But I, so you. All right. Was it you that that went? Hey, Jill. We should probably do this. Or did Jill go? Doug. Guess what we're doing today. Why do we have to go down this road, Justin? Because I want to know. All right. <laughs> So here's how I want to know. I want to know who who pulled the trigger. Who who made whom do what? Well, I think you'll be surprised to know what happened. So Jill ordered the tree, brought it home. We went back to my parents' place, and when we came back, it was the day after. So this would have been Sunday. Um, Jill sort of like got it out and put it together. Uh, while I was doing stuff, and then she's like, oh, the tree needs to be fanned out because all the branches, you know, are all kind of clustered together and stuff like that. So I went in unprovoked, unfanned all of the branches. I thought oh, I was wow. like, I was like, I'll just do the top ones because she can't reach them. And I'm like, yeah, I'll just do the whole thing. So I unfanned everything. And then I'm I here. Went I may as well do it. I went and got the lights because she's like, I never put lights on a tree before. And I just went unprovoked and got the lights, and I put all the lights on the tree. And then... I sat on the couch and I said, I'm fucking done. <laughs> I'm done. Oh my, Doug, I'm, I, this is, I don't even know where to begin with this. This is You're huge. Welcome. This is huge. How do you feel inside? I felt and pretty be good honest. about it, actually. I felt pretty good. I, I was going to say, was there a little? It was, it was a situation where I remember doing that as a kid. It's still a bit of a chore for me. Okay. It still feels like a chore, but, um, it was enjoyable, and it was also pretty cool to see Natalie. Like, you know, she put up all, a lot of the ornaments too, which was really cool. And she gets excited when we get home at night. We light it up. She gets real excited. So, um, I mean, all in all, it was it was pretty good. I like I said, I still like. Next year, we're like, we gotta put up Christmas decorations. I'll be like, eh. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Um, but, but when it's get, done, it's it's yeah. nice. Jill's got some other yeah. stuff and. We were at my parents' house. My mom is a huge holiday nut. You name a holiday, she's got decorations. And she I feel gave like that's a, a mom of, thing, though. She gave a lot of ornaments and, and some decorations to us. Uh, yeah, which was really interesting. So, well, was, now that you got a 
tree, that opens up an entirely different uh, gift giving thing for you. Well, like, I'll say you this can, much. People can give you ornaments now. I'll say this much. Uh, Jill has plans for like a Marvel tree and a Disney tree. Oh, I approve. <laughs> I a approve Natalie tree. And she's already got ornaments that are like perfect. And I think that's the thing I failed to realize is that I could take my own nerdy approach to this. Right, exactly. You can make it yours. And I, I will say this, like on a, on a more of a sentimental note, <clears throat> when you – there's Jesus. something I feel very – what's that? On a more sentimental note, Jesus. Jesus. If you put Jesus on your trees. <laughs> um, yeah, I know, right? So uh, if you – no, but if you – when you're when you're curling up and watching a movie and it's, it's night and it's right when Natalie's starting to fall asleep, if you turn the lights out, you just have the glow from the Christmas tree, there is something really, like, calming and, and very soothing about that. I think, I think you'll dig that family aspect of it, too. I do really enjoy the lights in the neighborhood, too. Like, when we drive by a house, yeah. Natalie will be like, oh, look at the tree or look at the lights. And I'm like, yeah, right? That's pretty cool. I've always enjoyed looking at that stuff. I'm just not going to put up lights outside ever. Zero. You just wait. You just Zero wait. Zero percent chance. I will never oh, do that. Oh, man. If All anything, right, Jill can put lights in the bushes as far as I'm concerned, but I'm not putting anything up. I never have. I never will. She can put lights in the bush. Light it that. up. Light up the bush. Light and that's up the that. bush. Just like Jesus said. <laughs> if you So if, if any listener wants to send Doug ornaments as gifts, you can send them to 1 North State Street, mm-hmm. Suite 1500, Chicago, Illinois, 60602. There we go. And... I, we will make sure they get to Doug. I prefer either Marvel stuff or triple X rated ornaments. Either or. <laughs> I'm going to laugh my ass off if you actually get like hardcore ornaments. I would love to see a cool just raging boner tree topper that I can put on top. And <laughs> someone could just come in and be like, yeah, here's another example of the patriarchy just owning Christmas. Look at those veins. <laughs> It's those veiny, <laughs> veiny tree toppers. Those veiny, look at that veiny tree topper. Oh, yeah, right. boy. Yeah. Yeah. I could Jesus say, I've Christ, got the man. holidays just really in my veins. Oh, I see what you've I, done there. Ooh. See, then you can string lights up the veins, though. Mm-hmm. You can really get, yeah, I mean, you can get artistic with it. Yeah. As artistic as you can with a with a giant cock on top of a tree. <laughs> it's, how, it's how Santa wanted it. <laughs> It's how Santa intended Christmas to be. He's like, I don't want to come down the chimney. I goes, I want to get on top of that tree and just really enjoy Christmas. <laughs> I never want to leave this house. It's a good house. Let's get this up. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, so, Doug, how was your Thanksgiving? It was interesting. It was an interesting Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, I love when you go back to Kirksville. You have the best stories. Uh, you know, this one was relatively, relatively uh, uneventful. Uneventful. It was uninventful. Ha-ha. There was a lot of events, but it w- there was no invents. There was no invents. Yeah. And uh, I got to try out one of the two board games uh, that I got. I got one called Dixit, uh, which you and I and Sam Avalucci have to play in the near it's future. It's called Dixit? Dixit. D-I-X-I-T. Ah, Dixit. It sounded like Dixit, which is what Santa does on top of Dick the tree. Dixit. Dixit. Boom. Sit. So that's a fun one then. Uh, it's a great one. Very, very okay. cool. It's very unique, and it won a bunch of awards in 2010. So relevant. Um, the other one I didn't get to try because I was like, Eight, ah. eight years ago. The other one, it's a crime-solving one, which I think looks really cool, but I just didn't have the energy or 
I was afraid that Jill was going to abandon me if I uh, tried to <laughs> dig that one out. I was like, she's. I, I kind of gave her the synopsis on it, and she was she was down, but I, it just wasn't the right time for it. So. Okay. Like, you had okay. to read the, you're good with reading uh, reading people in board games like that. I try to be. You can, yeah. As much as possible. Um, I, I try to make sure that I'm playing a game that's going to be well-suited for someone else. And I, 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 if that's my superpower, I'll take it. Looking in the room, reading the room, being like, I know the right board game to play with these people. Hold on. You know, and I pull it <laughs> out of my, my fungeon. Um, <laughs> Is, I lo- have you, did you just coin that phrase? No, that's from Wreck-It Ralph. I've seen that oh, fuck, 23 I times. I love that. So uh, it's very fresh in my mind. The fungeon. Um, but I, I, I love doing that stuff. It's one of my favorite things about going back to Kirksville I bring board games back with me and I play uh, with my good friend Colby and my good friend Mandy. And uh, they were absolutely wonderful. They, are, I've, I've been pretty good with them as far as like guessing what games they'll want to play too. Um, and it was it was really a lot of fun. I definitely want to try the crime one out because I think that'll be interesting just to see. Because the the concept of it is amazing, and the the playability on it seems pretty cool too. Uh, yeah. Everything's got a QR code on it, and you actually use the app on your phone to look at crime scenes, and there's actually 3D goggles you can put on and look at your device to see what uh, 360 surrounding of the crime scene and try to identify clues and stuff. It's See, that's pretty cool. sounds really awesome, but it also sounds like yeah. it's pretty in-depth. So whereas Dixon was like, cool, here's some cards, let's play. And it was really easy just to kind of get up and going. I'm like, that seems like the better, the better option. Sure, yeah. Which was yeah. really, really fun. So I, I had a good time that's doing awesome. that. I got to meet my brother's uh, new puppy. Ah, this puppy's name's Bucky, and he's a big fucking dog. This dog <laughs> is only five he's, months old, and the dog is sixty pounds. I was gonna say that ain't no puppy anymore, man. Jesus Christ, he's got paws that look like lion's feet, and I'm Jeez, like, man. dude, when you grow into those, I'm terrified as to what you are gonna be. And he's right? just coming from Baxter or Bowser, his uh, his little um, English bulldog. Yeah, his little English bulldog. Uh, well, I mean, comparatively. Yeah, I mean, Bucky, everyone's like, what is he? And we're like, we don't know what he is. I mean, he's when I saw monster. him, I was like, he's got to have some, based on the shoulders and the lats, he's got to have some pit bull on him. Uh, but other people have guessed Mastiff. Other people have guessed Great Dane. Other people have Bernie's guessed Mountain Dog. Boxer. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things. I mean, he's a, he's a big, big, big boy. And I couldn't let Natalie roam free around him because he just he's not he doesn't have spatial awareness. Sure, so he's yeah. just gonna be like, whoa, and just like run into stuff, and and just he he was he was fascinated by Natalie because this was the first time he'd ever ridden in a car. Okay, so he was a five-hour drive, so that was the first time for him. It's the first time he'd been around females. So, oh, it's true, yeah. And the first time he's ever been around kids. So he was just he would stare at Natalie and be like, "What are you?" <laughs> and he just would want to sniff her feet constantly because he's got a foot thing. But he just <laughs> he just was like. All the time, just like all up, all up in her business. And Natalie would, Natalie was really excited to see him, but she also was a little bit scared because he's just a big dog, and he was yeah, so obsessed yeah. with her. At some point, she's like, "Stop smelling my feet!" Like, just, she's just she would tell him, like, yeah, she'd be like, like no, she's directing Bucky. him. But then she'd be like, "I want to go down and see Uncle Dave and Bucky." And I'm like, "All right, we'll go see him." And uh, you know, Bucky's gonna sniff your feet. You gonna sniff him? You gonna sniff? It's gonna him happen. Uh, but yeah, it was really interesting to 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 see him and meet him and he's he's such a sweet little boy and i can't wait to see him when he sort of like matures a little bit more is a little more <laughs> aware of his body uh, you talking about bucky or dave bucky oh sick burn bucky is the is the answer <laughs> to that question 
Bucky. Once Dave grows into his body and gets a little more spatial awareness, he's just going to be a that's delight what, to be around. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he's always just like leading with his crotch, and it's just really uncomfortable. My pelvic bone is I mean, constantly bruised. He's he's just figuring things out. He's yeah. just figuring out the world. My dongle just gets sore all the time. <laughs> it's like he just got calluses on his dongle. It's like, boom, a boom. What happens when one man feels his way through the world with his penis? Twenty eight. Feel like that's <laughs> the story of America. <laughs> yeah, I feel. Like, I was gonna say. I feel like that's way too topical. I, I was like, yeah. yeah. Like, welcome to my life, you fucking prick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, holiday? that's fun. Glad you had a good time down there. I we went down to the Quad Cities. We had a good time, uh, just hanging out with the family. Didn't do any board games or anything. Uh, although my sister is into board games now, I found out. So oh. she was really, she really wanted to play right. some, and I was like, "What kind of you, board games, though?" I don't know. Is All the right. thing because if she's like Monopoly, she can get the fuck right out of here. I don't want to hear any of that shit. I don't want to hear life. No. They're used to. They used to. I, th- I think it was her that used to like Monopoly. I can't remember if it was her. I like used to Monopoly. love Monopoly. Did you? Did you tell me that someone was re? They redid the the rules to Monopoly to make uh-huh. it more. Uh, like in line with millennial, um, um, what do I attention spans? Yeah, they made it so that you actually have like a card that you swipe whenever you buy something, and it auto calculates everything for you, as opposed to actually <laughs> having a bank. Yeah, <laughs> I did also see a version of the game where it's actually just pure cheating. Like your the goal is to cheat, and if you get caught, then you get penalized. But other than that, like you're you're encouraged to steal money out of the bank. You're encouraged to oh, do that's all fun. sorts of shit, and it's like yeah, it's like liars monopoly. See, See, I'm into that. <laughs> I find that interesting. Um, yeah. And I used to love Monopoly. I was super into it. I had strategies. And I knew exactly how to play it. But then I played better games, and I became an adult, and I realized that Monopoly is extremely flawed. And one of the biggest flaws is just that it's fun for the person who wins. Right. It's not fun for anyone else. And that seems kind of like, no shit, Doug. But I've played plenty of games where you can lose and still have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Because part of it is just an old-fashioned game because if you're the first person to go out and you're playing with four people, great, you get to watch people play. How <coughs> thrilling, you know? And then if right. you're winning, there's a sweet spot where you're absolutely crushing it, but then you know you're going to win and no one else wants to play. But you're like, come so on, guys. It boring. Come on, guys. Let's, let's finish it out. Anything can happen. And everyone knows. Yeah. You know you're going to win. And even at that point, you're like, God, I, you, you, you pass this small window of time, a threshold where it's like super fun, and then all of a sudden it stops being fun. Right, and yeah. And those are just mechanical flaws in the game. And it's the same thing with – I forget why it was recently. Someone's like, oh, we have the board game Life. I was like, you might as well just throw that away. That's a stupid-ass <laughs> game that no one ever wants to play. Fucking Doug throw it away. Doug's having none of this. No. Yeah. There's so many better games out there these days like, that you can do yeah. that are similar. Again, Sellers of Catan is a better version of Monopoly because okay. everyone's engaged the whole time, and there's multiple ways to win depending on how people are strategizing, and it shifts consistently. So you kind of have to keep an eye on what people are doing and what they might have and what they might be doing so that you can try and prevent that. And I've seen people just come out of nowhere and win the game, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I'm not big I mean, on, I love the one time that we played it. I loved it. I'm not big on rubber banding, like blue shelling people, so to speak. If you're a Mario Kart person, yeah. you know, where it's like, oh, in your lead, we're going to penalize you. Um, but I like the idea that you can take different approaches in a game, 
and you can still win depending on how you want to play it. There's not just right. one way, and if you fall behind, you're screwed sort of situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I appreciate games that have good mechanics like that, and I also appreciate games. I generally don't like doing super competitive stuff, although really it just depends on who you play with. Because yeah, I well, played... I mean, it... Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, if you get if you have the right people, a super competitive can be really fun because there's the people who are really competitive, but if they lose, they're like, oh, that was really fun. Let's do it again yeah. so I can keep trying to win. It's, it, yeah, the people who are engaged with it, you've got to be in the right mindset. Exactly, because you got to know, again, I, I referenced when we were playing Smash Brothers and I was terrible at it, and you are just beating my <laughs> ass just wholesale, but I was still having an absolute blast playing it because you also weren't being a dick about it either. <laughs> Which right. is a big thing, and it's a situation where if you are enjoying the company that you're with, you can make it a lot of fun. Right. And uh, like this new game, Dixit, um, the, the essentially the conceit of the game is you have these very abstract looking cards, and each person takes their turn being a storyteller. And the goal of the storyteller is they look through their abstract-looking cards, and they're very beautifully drawn, but they could mean just about anything that you want them to. And they pick a card, and they say a word, a phrase, a song, anything, a sound. And they basically put that card face down, and people have to then take, pick a card from their deck that they think closely matches the storyteller's story, if you will. You shuffle the cards, you play them face up, and the goal is for people to guess which one is the storyteller's. So, if you're, but the thing is, like, if the storyteller is too obvious and everyone guesses theirs, the storyteller doesn't get any points. Everyone else gets points. Okay. Um, if nobody gets it, if you're too vague, everyone obviously gets points and the storyteller doesn't. So, the storyteller wants to get at least one person to guess it. And then, if you're not the storyteller and someone guesses your card, you get a bonus point for each person that thinks that that's yours. So, it really deals a lot with empathy. And reading other people and trying to think, who is mostly going to get this and who's not? Right. And how do you read it and how do you play a card that you think is best going to suit that? And you can be as vague as you want or as specific. Like, for example, my brother played a card that had a carousel. And his thing was, this deals with the Punisher's origins. And everyone was like, what? And they're looking at their cards. They're like, I haven't seen the Punisher. I knew exactly what it was before he even showed right, it. Right, right, right. So I picked a couple of things and he, it, it, it laid it down. There was a carousel. I'm like, boop. That's his. I knew it. I knew right. it was his because if you've seen the show, his family dies. And I'm like, that's something where at least I would get that. So it was a good thing. But if no one else knows or someone put said Game of Thrones, that could be just about anything. And I, I played a card. Good Lord, yeah. I played a card that had like a boy and a girl walking in the background there's a shadow of a wolf so i was thinking dire wolf yeah I yeah that a lot of people picked that one so you know it, it's it's a situation where you have to sort of think about what inspires you from the card and it's replayable which is really really cool that's interesting now the point of this is like there's points that go with this game so you earn points for doing different things and and it is competitive to a degree but at the same time um it's really cool just to see what people come up with and, and how they play the game, which is really, really cool. Similarly, yeah, you know, Spyfall has a score, but I never do it with a, play the game with a score because I don't give a shit because it's I was going to say, this one sounded a little like Spyfall in the sense that someone has to guess who the storyteller is. And if they, like, it, similar to the spy, if the spy gets it, then they get the points. If they don't, then everyone else gets the points, yada, yada. So 
that seems like uh, in that vein at least a little kind of similar in the 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 goal for it. Yeah, it's it's, it's a lot more like um, Mysterium if you remember that game at all. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's absolutely. One where like you are the ghost and you're trying to figure out who killed you and all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, if uh, so, you know, obviously you're trying to tell you know get people to learn who it is that. Um, is the one who killed you in the spot with their weapon and things like that. So, and they have abstract cards which allows you to tell them what uh, what exactly how how it goes. So you have to sort of read that person and be like, "What are you gathering from this card? Is it the color? Is it the right. uh, the imagery? Is it this? Is it that?" And, and, and it relies on you to kind of read that other person to to do it. Yeah, and uh, those are fun. Yeah, those are really fun games, especially if you're trying to pick out who is the uh, sociopath in the group. One hundred percent, because yeah. You can identify it pre- pretty easily, I feel like. Pretty damn easily, yeah. Pretty damn we easily. Used to pl- we used to play a lot of, uh, when I was uh, going to college down there, we used to play a lot of uh, Yahtzee. Yahtzee. Yahtzee's a good Fam- one. Family Yahtzee. Yeah. That's a good one. Joe and I played that for a while on the iPad when we would travel to places. We would, Ah, uh, there you go, yeah. We would have uh, we would play Yahtzee on the iPad, and it was really pretty cool, pretty enjoyable yeah. way to, to pass the time, which was really cool. Um, you know what's great about Dixit too, Justin, is you can play it on Tabletop Simulator, which is pretty. Get cool. out of town! Get out of town, man! Get straight out of town! And here's the thing: I don't know whether or not it's legal, but what I love about that game is people make mods <laughs> for free of games like Dixit that you can play on Tabletop Simulator on Steam. I think it's still on sale for nine ninety nine on Steam. So I'm pretty sure I did. You I thought I already you bought, that, bought for that for you full price. <laughs> Yeah, so I yeah I so if I doubt if I uh, pop Steam on here, I should be able to just restore all my purchases, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You basically so just have it. to re-download it, so you already have it. Yeah, exactly. That- for 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 what Doug is alluding to, for everyone not in the know, he is desperately trying to get Sam, Chris, and I to um to to do a weekly or a bi-monthly. I guess yes. would that be or bi-weekly? I don't I don't ever know how that goes. Either once a week or twice a month. There you go. Uh, uh, board game club, if you will. And uh, he found this really cool, I think we've talked about it on here before, this tabletop simulator where, where you can, uh, it's, it's a tabletop and you can put whatever, you can do Settlers of Catan, you can do Dungeons and Dragons, you can do checkers, you can do whatever, like there's poker, all these different ways. whatever you want. Poker, exactly, yeah. And you can actually flip the table, which is awesome. Yes. But um, anyone from around the world can play a tabletop game, a uh, board game, or or something uh, of that nature. Um, it's a really cool thing. Like I, I loved you and I fucked around with it for a little while when I had my old computer. Mm-hmm. I love it so yeah. much because it sounds like one of the most boring things in the world. And when my brother first told me about it, I'm like, I d- I don't understand why why would anybody want this? And then I bought it, and I and I looked into it. I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing because it's one of the few games that I actually would love to do with VR because it's it's compatible. Oh yeah, yeah. So you are literally like at the table because you move your mouse and things like that, and you click on objects as if you're playing with an actual board, and it feels very tactile. You can there's, move. There's the no shortcuts around. with it. It's not like the because I've, I've told people about this like, oh, so the game auto does this. I'm like, no, you have to. Literally right. click on your piece to move it around the board, you know. And if you have poker chips, you have to like put your chips in. You have to deal cards. Like it's very cool. It's very tactile. It's very fun. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of different stuff you can play on. There's some of actual paid content. What I love about it too is if one person buys it and hosts, other people don't have to buy the content. 
It's as if someone bought the game and brought it to their house and was like, you can play right. the game. And not everyone is awesome. charged to play the game. Yeah, so that's really cool. I've been like, cool, like I'll buy this one. So that way, you know, if anyone wants to play, I'll host it and we're good to go. No big deal. So on and so forth. Um, yeah. But I desperately want to play with you guys because I have this Dungeons & Dragons board game, which I, I like to call it Dungeons & Dragons Light because it, it takes a lot of the concepts of Dungeons and & Dragons and sort of like it waters it down so it's still fun and enjoyable. It has the sort of essence of Dungeons & Dragons, but it's not as intense. Which, sure, by the way, yeah. I, I just started playing Dungeons & Dragons for the first time, and it's been a pretty wild experience so far. I feel like this is this is you crossing a bridge in your nerddom. I it really like you're is. crossing a you're crossing a pretty big gap that to be a true nerd, I feel like you're really coming into a whole different realm at this point. I've wanted to play Dungeons Dra- Dungeons and Dragons for a long time, but I was always really self conscious because the idea of role playing scared the shit out of me. Because I was like, right. oh my god, I have to be vulnerable and whatever. And but it is so much fun depending on who you play with. And I'm playing with a few folks from work, and. We just did a very simple, basic intro to a campaign last night, and it involved fighting four goblins on a path. And a lot of the people that I play with uh, are pretty, pretty loose with how they're playing the game. They're not playing it super seriously. Like I went through and like created the very fantasy <laughs> name, fantasy background. I was really going pretty. I wrote this huge backstory about how you know I'm a half of elf. Of course you did. Of course, half elf who. You know, grew up rough in the streets and uh, was always <laughs> fighting. So his dad encouraged him to put that to good use and become a soldier. So he joined the army. Yeah, he's also very charismatic. It's one of his abilities. So I have a part in the story where he actually stops two rival gangs from fighting in the streets while also punching and stuff. And he gets, you know, upgraded to the uh, uh, the the patrol army. They're going around the countryside and they find a lot of goblins and the goblins do horrible things. So he just has a natural hatred for goblins. And eventually during a battle, he watches his commander die in his arms. So he decides to be to qu- quit the army and become a paladin so he can fight and also heal and all this sort of stuff. And then in, in <laughs> so I have all this stuff. And then uh, his name's Quinn Shadowbane. And then I'm playing with someone <laughs> who's known <laughs> as <laughs> Wet Stacy. That's that's their name. Um, and uh, they, they said, if you've seen, as we've talked about, Old Greg, she uh, knew the reference to that and goes, I basically look like Old Greg. I'm like, oh, my God, I know that reference. That's insane. It warms my heart that someone references that. And warms my heart. I forget the other guy. I call him Steely Dan, but his name's Dan something. And okay. uh, in this battle, I was about to fight engage with this with this goblin and i guess i did enough damage to kill him and so the dungeon master goes well how do you want to kill him and i said since i fought goblins before and everyone goes whoa 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 what i'm like well i wrote i wrote a backstory and everything no 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 what i said since i fought they're like oh i thought you said since you fucked goblins before you want to do something i was like okay and i kind of leaned into that a little bit and yep. so from that point, as he kills the goblin, I had my guy basically get aroused. And I said that he was he was so thrilled with killing the goblin that he got a boner. But he was kind of self-conscious. And he was like yelling across boner, the field. He's yeah. like, it's a murder boner! And then he would approach enemies from behind because it's tactical, but also because he wants to get him from behind. <laughs> and once he killed the last goblin... And the, the way I had it is like he gets behind the goblin and he runs his longsword through the goblin's chest and blood and fluid spurts out of the chest. 
And that similar fluid also shot out of Quinn's penis as he finished and climaxed as he finished the goblin. And then he needed a long rest. So, um, you know, I was like, cool, I'm going to lean into it this way. And it was so much fun. It was so ridiculous and stupid. And, and your fun. colleagues, uh, your colleagues slash uh, quest mates did not uh, did not oppose. Uh, oh, to my this. God. The, the fact that someone's <laughs> name is Wet Stacy. I mean, that kind of shows you the level of what they're going for. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> and uh, I love it. It was so much fun. I was like, yeah, this this is something I would love to. I, I, I'm resisting going just hog wild with it because I'm like, I'd love yeah. to be a dungeon master and run a campaign, but I don't know enough about it. So this is kind of my foray into it to figure out how it works and stuff like that sure. because there's a lot of situations where someone goes, I want to do this, and the dungeon master has to be flexible enough to be like, okay, um, what's your wisdom? Roll a, roll, a, roll a dice to see what happens, and you sort of create the story as you go. Okay. I could do this campaign, then you and I could do the same campaign, and it won't necessarily, like, what happens in each situation will be different depending on how we want to approach it because our characters will have different strengths and weaknesses and stuff like see, that. See, the that's the thing that with Dungeons and Dragons that always that always confused and and uh, interested me is because <clears throat> the there's it's in my head I'm like okay so there's a book that you just have uh, you know, turn to page five here's what happens but no like someone the dungeon master is coming up with all of these stories mm-hmm. they're the ones that are making these campaigns and setting the traps and doing the this and the, that it, it it that floors me that that's uh, something that people uh, you know have been doing for so long. And there are uh, some pre-made with, campaigns. We're, we're we're playing a pre-made campaign oh, right now, but sure you can. But like back yeah. in the day, man, like when this was like like the thing, and it was even like the people got beat up for being, you know, oh, would you play D and D, you know, in the '80s or whatever. Like it just it never ceases to amaze me that people, you know, would go through this process. It was really good. It's, it's to me, it is uh, the height of a form of creativity. Oh, 100%. Like, I love the fact, like, people, you really have to have a fucking creative imagination for this. Well, what I loved about it is when the Dungeon Master goes, okay, how do you want to kill him? And I'm like, ooh, I get to decide? It's <laughs> not like, he's dead, it's cool, how do you want to kill him? Right, or if, right, right. if someone, uh, like, you know, a goblin shoots at us and misses, like, he doesn't, he doesn't make his role to actually do any damage to us, it's like, he goes, all right, so uh, the goblin is flustered by what's happening over here because of the murder boner. And uh, so when he shoots his arrow, he doesn't aim straight, so he just he misses entirely. So like based on what happens, we're playing off of those story elements to yeah. make something else. And because at one point, um, I landed a blow, or I was I, I missed, but I, they played as like my guy was so eager to kill a goblin that he like swung just wildly and missed. And so you can create these stories about what's happening and yeah, and what's going on and, and how that stuff works, and it's so cool. I mean, it's very improv-based. 100%, which is also why I'm like, I'm cool with this. I can do this because yeah. it's very much just telling a story and just being silly and whatever. And it's it's a little vulnerable where you're like, I'm going to do this. But it, it's pretty cool with the right people. So I, I'm yeah. super into it and just <clears throat> the fact that my legit creative guy had a murder boner. It was amazing as he killed goblins. It's like, yes! That, that wasn't in your backstory. Nope. That <laughs> it is now. You, you let yeah. It is. It is now. It's part of the ethos of this person now. Yeah, he's a great soldier. He uh, you know obeys the rules. He doesn't respect anyone that's not a warrior, and he gets a boner whenever he fights goblins because he hates them. So right. Much. You know. Does that make sense? You're t- your typical right. Exactly. Your typical, typical warrior. character. Yeah. Hey, absolutely. Typical soldier. That's what you show me. One person that doesn't get a boner while they're murdering goblins, mm-hmm. and I will show you a liar. Exactly. I 100% agree. 
I wouldn't say now. I see every time you talk to me about shit like this, I, I start to go, okay, I I get it now. I'm into mm-hmm. it, and like now I'm like, all right, I'll dial down on this tabletop. But you're like me we'll, in we'll this sort of situation this. where it's like you need someone to guide you through it. Because if I was like, all right, yeah. Justin, we've never done this, and we're gonna do it, we would. I've read through the basic handbook, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, like is it? It's intense. Oh my God, it's and it's it's the basic. There's there's so many expansions to the game. It's not even funny. I'm still yeah. going like, because <laughs> last night I was doing stuff. I was like, we we won the battle. I'm like, so do we get experience points? He's like, now we're doing milestone progressions. I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, oh, <laughs> once we reach certain parts of the stories, you'll automatically level up because XP is kind of stupid. Um, he's also like, hey, uh, I'm not really big on the details, like, because we all have like bags with with different food rations and shit. He goes, I'm not going to keep track of that. I'm going to assume that you guys are going to do that at some point. You're going to buy rations, but I'm not going to be like, oh, no, you only have one more piece of ration left. You're dead or whatever. Or you've used your last arrow because I guess some people get really into that. Oh, wow. So they're like, really doing how like... How much does your like gold or your coins count against the weight that you can carry? Are you in, uh, are you encumbered to a point? It, it, wow. It is terribly overwhelming. Just creating a character. I actually create a character online through a site called D&D Beyond. And okay. you can actually go and it will help you do that. See, this is the element that I start to get like free. Like, this is this is what I assumed every... Every time you play D anD D, this is what, like I'm like there's there's way too much. It's almost like when you start. You and I have talked about this. Like when you start uh, when you when I first jumped into to getting into Marvel, mm-hmm. and I was like, holy fuck, there is so much history here. Where do I begin? And yeah. so I just started reading and reading and reading and reading. And I that's that's something else uh, with with Dungeons and Dragons. That's another example of something where I'm like, there's just there's too much. I don't. I can't. I can't retain. Ah! And I start to get that anxiety, and I'm like, the game shouldn't give me anxiety. That I feel like a game is, the game's not up my alley if I'm getting anxiety over it. I feel like there's a steep learning curve, but it's it's not as bad as like Eve. You know, like you can, you can get into the game, and if you have the right group of people, they can show you how so. Because last night they're like, all right, cool, goblins are here. I'm like, okay, how how does this work? Like, uh, he's like, yeah, you know, your your travel speed's thirty feet. And I'm like, okay. And at one point, there was a guy that was close to a goblin. He wanted to run away. And he's like, look, since you're new, I'm going to let you know. Um, he has this attack of opportunity. So if you try to leave melee range uh, within five feet, he will automatically attack you. So keep that in mind. Or at one point, you actually have to have line of sight on the creature. Because he actually pulled up Tabletop Simulator, and he had built the battle. And we were actually – like, he was showing us, like, what was going on and where. And That's wild. where – what Stacy was, she wasn't actually lined up with the character, with the enemy. So he's like, you need to move down yeah. five feet. Otherwise, you're going to hit one of your own players. And he goes, and for the record, as you guys get better at this, he goes, I, I, I'm going to hold you to that. And he goes, I played with people who didn't do that, and they died because of it. And I let them die. Really? <laughs> what? And I let them die. Because That's the Dungeon Master be- is interesting because the Dungeon Master is, is making a good experience, but they're also their goal is to play the monsters who are trying to kill you. Right. So it's right. kind of a, a balance of like you want the people to succeed, but at the same time, you also have to give them a challenge to make it interesting. So w- this this Dungeons and D- Dragons board game that I played is very much like that because I play as the quote unquote dungeon master. I set everything up and I roll for the monsters and stuff like that. My I want, I want the other players to win. I do because yeah. it's fun because we could keep playing. Because if you're dead, then eh, so much for that. Um, 
But that's a that's a weird. I mean, it, I I feel like it has to take a, a very specific type of person to be able to pull off dungeon master if yeah. that's the case. You know, like because you've got to have someone who holds people, on, you know, to to being honest. You've got to have someone who's honest themselves, who wants people to succeed, but at the same time is completely ready to kill them. Exactly, and I it's such a weird balance of people person on that on the uh, on the spe- on the scale that you always talk about. What would a good dungeon master be on that on that oh, uh, on disc? di? Yeah, on disc. <laughs> uh, I think it, <laughs> in your in your approximation, what would, uh, what would a good dungeon? I master think be? actually, I, I make up probably the best combination, which is uh, of course SI because I'm supportive, collaborative, um, but I'm also I, which is someone who sort of craves the spotlight a little bit, enjoys like wants their emotions validated, things like that. So. Um, yeah, I think that sort of situation, because someone who is a C can get lost in the details. Uh, they're yeah. the kind of people that don't make snap decisions. They have to know everything. So I can imagine <clears throat> letting that person create a character would be a nightmare. Because our first session with this was all character creation. Yeah, yeah. And I had done mine in advance. I would spent a lot of time working on it. And that night, everyone was like, uh. Because, dude, I, I, I mean, I don't know if you can see this, but this, this, yeah. is, a, this is a character sheet. Um, there's Holy Christ. There's four pages here. Of information. There's four? Wait, four pages? Four pages. Oh, my God, this dude. This is lucky because I went online and did this, so it auto-filled in all the stuff that I filled out. Oh, absolutely not. That tells oh, my God. Everything There's so that you, here's all much my equipment. there. Here's all my equipment and how much how what? heavy it is. Um, you know, here here are my ideals, you know, and things like that. Oh wow! I haven't even Are filled out this page yet. This is my spell page. I don't get that to level two, so you know I haven't <clears> even filled that out. So there's a lot going on there. Oh my god! So it can be pretty like I imagine uh, someone, not someone joking, who's so detail oriented is like, all right, hold on. In order to create the perfect character, I need to know all the all the options. It's like, no, we can't do that. Wow! <laughs> because I, and I had to go online to get a little bit of help on wow. some different things because I, you know, I generally play magic characters. And yeah. I, I hopped in and everyone was a magic character. There was no like meat shield. I was like, guys, we're gonna get fucking slaughtered. Like we can't do this. <laughs> so I went back and I was like, I'll be a fighter. And then the, the dungeon master was actually like, you know what? You might be better off being a, a paladin because they can also take hits and also they have the ability to heal somewhat. Mm. So it's like cool. That makes sense. So I went back and then I created like a dwarf. So this is your th- this is your third run at a character. Yeah. Oh, well, I'd say three point five because I went back and made. I originally made a human wizard, and then I made a Goliath fighter, and then I made a dwarf paladin. But then I was reading that half elves make really good paladins, so I went and made a half elf paladin instead. Are there and rules for like what things are? Because I'm like, I feel like you could say, "Oh, I was the three quarter elf," you know? <laughs> oh, I was a, I was a, I was a blue ogre. Like, is that a thing? Like, I, like how do you know what the like? Are, is there a list of like acceptable things? Yes, absolutely. Like half elves make good paladins. What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> well, the things with half elves, Justin, based on what I've learned up to this point, <laughs> is that they're very versatile. So they get bonuses to their abilities right out of the gate. So depending on what you want. Um, they can be. They can fit almost any type of class, so to speak. Okay. Is this like a mudblood in Harry Potter? No, nah, not really. Like half elf. Like it's half well, elf, they're, half they're something. Half human and half elf is what they are. Okay, so it is like a mudblood. I guess you could say that. Yeah. Um, 
I need to relate this to something I understand. There you go. All right, so it's like a dude that has half a dick and one ball, all right? I get it. Okay, see, I get that. <laughs> I can I relate it. to that. Um, so, and I, I was sort of reading it, and there, there's a whole bunch of different races to choose from, and each one of them has, like, their different, like, sort of interesting things that they can do and what they're known for um, and what they're kind of capable of. So depending on how you want to play means you can do different things. They also have a natural alignment as far as, you know, are they lawful good? Are they right, chaotic evil? Chaotic good or, you know, chaotic neutral evil. and all that sort of stuff. And some of them naturally have a tendency, but you don't necessarily have to play to that. You can play to whatever you want. And so um, I've barely dipped my toes in this, so I'm still learning a lot of different stuff. But I'm real excited to sort of, like, level my guy up and see exactly what – you know, he's capable of doing what sort of equipment he gets and what that means because these campaigns can take years. And, you know, as you keep playing with this character, and you know, like, you know, there's people that are, I think, level 17 or whatever, which are pretty nasty characters, you know, at that point in time because they have so much stuff. See, that that is... <clears throat> like, the fact that campaigns can take years is... It's bananas to me. Well, let me say this. People will have their characters for years campaigns sure, okay. you know can go on it depends on how often and how long you're willing to meet we we played for an hour and a half last night we did a battle so just because of all the mechanics that it takes to go through cuz you have to roll yeah. for initiative and see what order you go in and then you have to roll every time anyone tries to do anything and it can take time we fought four goblins that was it i can't imagine what it would be like to fight a, a massive boss battle or something like that and your yeah. formation matters as far as like who do you want going first who's on this flanks you know and stuff are there like that. are there uh are there orcs in this oh yeah is that a thing oh yeah definitely so uh, an orc is that is this based off of lord of the rings no like was dungeons and dragons born out of jay like uh i mean i guess Tolkien's you can probably give a lot of credit to uh tolkien for most things because i think <clears> in the <throat> 1930s he was talking about orcs <laughs> so right yeah i don't yeah. think a lot of people were talking about orcs prior to that so i'm sure a lot of things are sort of born from that sort of thing but th i have no idea what the goddamn lore of this universe is at all i mean okay. there's like there's an actual i think what they call the uh, what are they the the dungeon i can't remember what they called them but there it's a part of a like the people that are dedicated to playing the story campaigns like all the way through and figuring out actually what's going on in this world of dungeons and dragons the politics, and all, I have no fucking clue. Really? When I wrote my backstory, I was as generic as possible. Like, he grew up in the city. Don't know which city. Don't know where. Is there, but is there a centralized, I guess this is the other thing that I don't, like, is there a centralized uh, well of information for what, like, is Dungeons and Dragons just, like, a concept and then everyone just does what they want? Or is there, like, a centralized point of information that, like, Everything is based around this city, and if you play Dungeons and Dragons, this exists in your universe. I think there's a couple different ways you can go with it. There is uh, the content is generated by a company who creates Dungeons okay. and Dragons. However, people can obviously create their own campaigns that are not necessarily technically part of the lore, or maybe there's bits and pieces and things like that, and how that stuff hmm. works and operates. I mean, dude, there's goddamn religion different gods that people can worship. Wow. There's mercenary wow. companies. There's, <clears throat> I, I mean, the, the amount of detail that goes into this game is is absolutely overwhelming as far That's as like, how you want to build stuff. So, like I said, when I was building this guy's backstory, I'm like, I don't know any cities. 
I don't know what region he's from. I went to some <laughs> website about half-elves to be like, okay, where are they typically named? Like, they generally <laughs> share a first name or a last name. Uh, one's usually human, one's normally elf. So I was like, what are some right. typical names? Um, you know, when I picked my human the first time, they're like, what what, what, uh, what tribe are they from? I'm like, fuck, I don't know. What's the difference? And there's like nine different ones. They all have kind of a different look depending on where they come from and maybe a disposition. I'm like, fucking A, I have no idea. Uh, you know, there's there's all sorts of different shit. You know, you could be like, I want to be a dwarf. It's like, are you a mountain dwarf? Are you a, uh, a hill dwarf? Because they have different Jesus capabilities Christ. depending on who you pick. And that's basic shit. You can pay for additional content that give you more possibilities, that give you more, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? More options of how you want to play and what you want to do. Like, if you want to get, I was going through just, I'm curious, I'm like, what kind of weapons and armor is out there? And I click on one on this yeah. website. It's like, oh, you have to buy this content to see what it does. And I was like, wow. Okay. So that's what we're talking about here. Okay. Um, that's where we're at. I'm like, yeah. all right. I can't view it because obviously it's not real. And if I just saw the stats, I could just include it into my game. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. So yeah. They block yeah. It. They're like, oh, you can pay for it. It's like 99 cents to unlock this. Or you have to buy this entire pack of an expansion. I was like, Whoa. That's, that's just in your wheelhouse of they might get you to do that. Like I've like there's like that's a that's a very easy uh, yeah. Well, I look at the, I think it's pretty smart because <laughs> it gives you the opportunity to still pay for the content without having to overdo it. Like I was at uh, my favorite place in the world, Fair Game, located in Downers Grove, Illinois, and uh, when I was over there, I saw a Dungeons and Dragons starter set for twenty bucks. It gave you okay. like some pre-made characters. It gave you some basic campaigns and all this sort of stuff for twenty bucks. I'm like, that's cool. Maybe that's something I buy at some point in time just to see the base game. And then there's all this additional stuff. There's like a monster's guide handbook that has all the monsters. So if you want to add them or see what their stats are, you can do that. There's the basic rule book. There's the dungeon master's guide. There's all these different expansions and all this, all the sorts of shit where you're like, oh, okay. Um, as far as like how you want to play the game and how you want to get customized with it. And it's, it's incredibly interesting and terrifying at the same time. To think of just all the possibilities that exist out there for it, but I find it interesting. I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, I want to do this. I want to give it a shot. <laughs> I want to jump into this finally at 35. I want to jump into yeah. this. Yeah, and unfortunately, yeah. this group I'm playing with, we meet like maybe every two weeks, so it's gonna take a long time to get through this for you to fully get it. Yeah, because I want to level up, man. I want to get some spells. I want to see what I can do with that shit. You know, I want to I get mean, some better you- gear. So how long does does your typical session last? Uh, we did an hour and a half. Now, granted, we're a bunch of okay. noobs, so we're not super focused. We're easily distracted. We don't know how the game flows, so I'm constantly like, "What? What are my options? What can I do?" <laughs> also, there's murder boners that come into murder there. boners, you know. So there's there's a lot that 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 can come in and derail things. Exactly. So it's one of those things where, um, I think if you're an expert in the game, things can go a lot quicker. Because people understand, sure. they, they know exactly. I'm always like, what dice do I roll? Like, <laughs> roll a d20. Okay, and what's my modifier? Because I, I emailed oh. my, uh, my sheets God, to him. God, man, this is, I just don't understand any of but that. But here's the thing. I use a website that has the dice that I just put in the information. I click a button, and it rolls it for me. So I'm like, that's my, out- that's sure. my outcome. So it makes it a lot easier. They're like, you can go buy dice. Yeah. I'm like, no, I got, a, I got an internet. That's all I need. <laughs> I have an internet. I have yeah. an internet, and it tells me that this is what I need to do. 
to get that yeah to get that stuff which That's is interesting interesting man it's fascinating man and and there's there's just some other there's some other stuff i feel like that that board game that dungeons and dragons board game is perfect for like you me sam and Volucci to sort just of to dip the toe in just yeah to dip it in a little bit because yeah again, the characters are pre-generated um and the, a lot of the rules are locked in so it's not super overwhelming in terms of how to create and do stuff when you yeah. look at the game, you'll shit your pants because you're like, what am I looking at? Because there's so much shit on the board. Yeah. But you don't have to worry about much because I'm going to guide you through it. There's also two hey, expansions that come with it, too, that I haven't even barely, I haven't touched. So when you look at the board, most of it you won't even need to touch. It's going to be on to me to touch it. <laughs> you're going like, to mm. be tempted to be like, what's this? Because I know you. I know what you're going to do is you're immediately going to be fucking around with shit. So I need to go ah. and read about how to lock stuff down so you don't fuck around with things. <laughs> I'm going to be flipping tables like you wouldn't no, believe. No, I know how to lock that one down. I might unlock <laughs> it at the end of a session so you guys can do it to see what it looks like. But, um, you know, I see you because it's so weird because when you drop something off the table, it just sort of floats down into nothing. And sometimes it'll fall back on the board. <laughs> I <laughs> like love it. Like it fell all the way down through the portal and then went whoop and popped back up. Yeah. It's just, it's just such a weird and fun thing to do. You can flick stuff. You know, across oh, yeah. the I, board. And it's, it's, I, that, be, that will be how I get distracted easily. You will ruin my life. I know it. Um, oh, absolutely. But you know what? I would I would want no other person to walk me through it, and I would want to ruin no other person's life. You know what? And I would. I know <laughs> I'm going to laugh really hard as you're fucking around with shit. Like that's going to make me very happy. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to be annoyed at some point, but I'm be like, but this is really fucking funny. Like what he's doing. <laughs> and because when I played this last time, like with my brother, he he had some really hilarious ideas of how his character performs and stuff like that and what he does and he was just a real real interesting Don't sort of this. look at that and uh, it's fun it's challenging it's fun for me and yeah, stuff yeah. like that so i i i, I look forward to i would love to i would love to find a uh, documentary or something that, that goes through the the history of, of dungeons and dragons that and that goes through <clears throat> like who like you know what a what a what does it mean to people, and how do they get into it, and how much time do they spend on it, and what, where did it come from? And like, all, I, I'm sure there's a ton of uh, good ones out there. If anyone listening uh, has a good one that they know of, because I'm sure there's a ton of bad ones out there too. So if anyone listening knows a good Dungeons and Dragons documentary, a D and D is what Ooh. I call them. Um, let let us know because I'm very curious about that. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I'm sure there's something out there that sort of documents this sort of stuff, and um, you know, really. It's been really interesting up to this point, and um, I've just realized, I was like, you know, the, the people that I normally play this stuff with are just so busy all the time, and I'm like, you know, I need to get this going. Like, I have this, I, I will stare at the tabletop simulator in my Steam <laughs> and just be like, I'll load it up sometimes, just be like, what are the cool <coughs> stuff that they have in here that I can't play with anybody? <laughs> that is I'll the most really heartbreaking sad. Image I've ever I've ever heard. I doubt so something that said you computer. can play it by yourself. And I was like, maybe I'll do that sometime. But I bet it's more fun <laughs> playing with other people. I get <laughs> sad. <laughs> I've done. I was like, I need to learn the mechanics of the game. I guess I'll just play by myself. I'm playing by myself. I was like, this fucking sucks. Because I know where all the I know where all the enemies are. This sucks. <laughs> There's nothing good here at all. Is there not a uh, a bot or something that you can put up there and play against? No, but what the Nothing? the bot won't know how to play the game. The bot would probably just flip the true. table over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Because the bots want to overturn our world, exactly, man. Exactly, man. Yeah, that's how it's done. <clears throat> I've got uh, once we get that that game up and running, uh, I've got a game that we can play once we get the, the simulator up and running. 
Tell me more. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's a game wherein you have to put two people in an arena. Oh, tell me more. And these two people get raging murder boners. I'm feeling my nethers engorging as we speak. Yes, 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 yes. And then these two, these two people with raging murder boners go at each other, and they just, they just go to town on each other <laughs> for for hours at a time, just, <laughs> just pounding, pounding away, I'm gonna beating to, each I'm other gonna so to, hard. I'm gonna take a break here for a second. I'll be right back. <laughs> I'm getting sweaty. Uh, d- uh, you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about throwdown. <laughs> Um, God, that was the, the most throw sensual throwdown I've ever done. <clears throat> so uh, I was going to do a Christmas throwdown because we started to talk about uh, how you put up Christmas stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I thought that would be better served a little closer to Christmas. Fair enough. Uh, what's that? Fair enough. Fair enough. So Fair enough. Um, <laughs> I did fair enough. That's fair. Uh, and then I thought, well, could we do like a Thanksgiving versus Christmas throwdown? And like, what would that look like? And then I thought, I don't know what to do there. So then I started, as we were talking, I started looking up D&D characters. All right. I don't know how good I'm going to be with it, but we can do it. Well, and that's the thing where I, this is going to be very heavily on you. Because okay. I was looking and uh, the dnd.wizards.com, which I think might be where you got your, is that where you got your thing? Uh, no? no? Okay. Uh, dnd.wizard.com has a um, a character creation sheet like you just showed me, okay. so you can do- you can download that there. But then they have pre-generated characters, okay. And they've got like a dragonborn sorcerer, okay. a drow rogue, a dwarf a dwarf cleric, a half elf bard, okay, a half elf fighter. I don't know what any of these things mean. <laughs> do you? Yes. I'm way in over my head here. Okay. Okay. Um. So yeah, I'm going through these these uh, pre-generated characters, and I'm trying to figure out what what two I think would be fun to put up against each other. And I'm thinking a uh, a dwarf. What is a what is a cleric? <laughs> what's a what's a cleric do? Uh, clerics are basically your healers. Um, ah, interesting. Group. So essentially, okay. they're good at what healing about- and, and whatnot. Okay, so I'm gonna say, what about a dragonborn sorcerer? Okay. And a high elf wizard. Ooh. See, high elves, from what I understand, um, are really good at magic, if I remember correctly. Any nerds out there, if I get this wrong, uh, real sorry about it. And also, (laughs) deal with it. Um, I'm pretty sure. Also, Doug could still probably take you in a physical fight. That doesn't matter, but it might be true. Um, If I remember correctly... They get some pretty sweet bonuses for magic. Hold on, a the high elf wizards. I believe that so. I want to. I just really want to check and see that real quick. Um, and I'm kind of ashamed to say I don't fully know the difference between a wizard and a sorcerer, but they're both magical. So they use they use spells and stuff like that. Um, let me pull up a. My guess would be that wizards use more magic and sorcerers use, like, incantations and spells. and th- Like, I feel like like where a, a wizard may just, like, poof, something appears, a mm-hmm. sorcerer would, like, uh, have to, like, put together a, uh, like, a series of, like, 
put potions in a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's how that's how I I look at them. But again, I'm probably very wrong. So let's real quick take a look at uh, sorcerer is a spellcaster who draws on inherent magic from a gift or bloodline. Ah, so I'm very wrong. And a wizard is a scholarly magic user capable of manipulating the structures of reality. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. I feel like I almost had those reversed. So. But okay. So it looks and like. And then one is dragonborn and one is high elf. All right. So let's take a look at uh, these races so here. Like, in this thing here, I mean, the dragonborn looks like it's a fucking dragon. Like yes. a humanoid dragon. You are correct. They are of dragon descent in that regard. So I feel like. I feel like that evens them out a little bit because one's an elf and one's a dragon. Uh, let's see here. So, thing with elves is they are magical people of otherworldly grace, living in the world but not entirely part of it. So they're very they have high dexterity. Um, they have keen senses. They have dark vision. They have fey ancestry. So they've got some good stuff yeah. there. The dragonborn <clears throat> um, are strong, so they have increased strength. They have increased charisma. Uh, they can uh, breathe, and they have some damage resistance. So I would say a dra- oh, it's good that they can breathe. Uh, it says breathe weapon, which I'm assuming means they breathe fire or some shit. Ah, okay, um, that makes sense. So I'm thinking that in this sense, purely based on race, which is what we base everything on at Mind Gap Podcast, um, <laughs> the the elf has a bit of an advantage here because of their dexterity. Okay, because okay. they're ba- able to be more nimble. Um, they also have uh, fey ancestry, so that means that gives them um, some resistances to being sort of charmed or anything like that because they're of okay. the, the, the fey world. Um, they're also slender and graceful, so you know whatever you know whatever whatever you say from that. Um, there's yeah, a no couple there's a couple sub races and stuff like that. Um, let's see here. Uh, what else? But the Dragonborn, if they're stronger, too. I, again, a lot of our throwdowns, I feel like, come down to strength versus speed. Yeah, but these are both magic users, you know what I mean? So strength doesn't, in my yeah, mind, yeah. doesn't play a big part in this. Well, that's a good point, because, too. Because yeah, um, strength means that they can do, you know, feats of strength, acro... No, acrobatics, I think, are dexterity. Um, I would say so. Yeah. and But the thing is, they can... Um, do some damage based on their ancestry. You know, so if there's a bronze dragon, they can do lightning damage, things like that. Um, and they do have damage resistance based on their ancestry. So if it is a bronze dragon and they can do lightning, they have resistance to lightning. So that does, uh, okay. depending on what sort of magic is being used. Um, but I'm going to give the edge to the elf wizard because, again... The dexterity means that they'll be able to increase their ability to dodge. And um, yes, it gives them... Um, they're just going to be quicker than the Dragonborn. Because I feel like Sorcerer and Wizard are relatively on the same level as far as they'll have some, sure. some differences in spells and things like that for what they're kind of known for. But I feel like the race comes into play here with, with a Dragonborn having strength. That's fine, but it's not going to really benefit them in terms of using magic. Sure. Like if the dragonborn sorcerer was going up against a human barbarian Ooh, or a human druid, see, now we're then talking. that would the strength would be a, come into play. But now, since it's going up against a high elf wizard, mm-hmm. look at me talking like I know what I'm saying. Yeah, look at you. Uh, I, would, I would agree with you based off of that, based off the two pictures I'm looking at <laughs> on, on dnd.wizards.com. 
forward slash articles, forward slash features, forward slash characters, underscore sheets. I would say that uh, I'm going to go to the uh, Dragonborn Sorcerer because the High Elf Wizard looks like a emo, like a pensive emo little bitch. Okay. Like he, yeah, just he's he's got he's he's got this. It looks like he's look turning around. Are you on the website? I'm on a different one. Uh, okay, but he looks like he's turning around. And he's like shooting these like jubilee looking things out of his hand, and he's like, get away!" He's got this look on him on his face, and then, um, oh, you're sharing your screen with so me. So look that's at this. Wild. So that's a dragonborn on my screen over here, and then here's the uh -huh. elf over here. So uh, I'm gonna have you go to go to the website. But more importantly, I, uh, check out this halfling rocking the loot. <laughs> oh, I'm into the I'm into the halfling to fucking uh, putting on a concert for people. Come yeah. on, are you kidding me? That's a bard. Yeah, that's what a bard does. So, um, but the dragonborn in this picture just looks like he's no he's no nonsense. He's all business. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give it to you based off of the. Uh, is this it? Yeah, dot com. Uh, articles and then features. You got articles there. You're an article. Yeah, no, at the top. It's the one, two, three, four, fifth over. Okay. And then. What did I say? Articles. Uh, all articles, features. Features. Yep. And then it's character underscore sheets after you get there. So I'm just like forward slash. Yeah. Oh. Forward slash. Forward slash character ah. singular. Underscore sheets. Plural. All right. Let's take a look here. Boom. And for everyone who's wondering what the hell is going on right now, uh, because, of the winter in, <laughs> because of the winter in Chicago, uh, Doug, and my car is just absolute garbage. Uh, we, didn't, <laughs> we, we couldn't make the meetup happen this week, so we're doing this via Skype. Uh, so if things sound a little uh, off uh, timing-wise, uh, or if you're wondering what the fuck we're talking about uh, as far as going to websites, that's why. And we're on Skype right now. Okay, I see what so, you're saying. You know, the, you see what I'm saying? Like that that high elf just looks like a little bitch, and that dragonborn sorcerer. But he's got a fucking just, hawk on his arm. Wait, who does? The high elf fighter. He's got a hawk, man. Where, is it? Where do you see a hawk? Right there. It's on his arm. Right there. Are you looking at the half elf bard? Oh. No, no, the high elf wizard. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. no, the the high elf fighter. That's a whole different. Yeah. I mean, the hawk's gonna win all day. <laughs> the hawk's. I watched win. a documentary on hawks. They win all day. <laughs> um, no, but you see what I'm talking. He just looks like a, he's, he looks uh, like a little emo. He does. Yeah, he does. But he's also but, shooting but based like off magic missiles out of his hands. So you know. That's what I'm saying. Just like Jubilee. So I'm gonna give it to him. Okay. I win. I, Jubilee wins. I will accept that. I will accept All right. that. High Elf Wizard for the win! Good stuff. <laughs> Real good stuff. Oh, All right, man. Justin, you got anything you want to promote or recommend uh, to folks? Yeah, sure. Dungeons and Dragons. Go check it out. <laughs> the end. Uh, I just uh, got Incredibles 2 uh, before nice. Thanksgiving. Highly recommend it. It's a great movie. Um, it was... Absolutely lovely. And I also recommend uh, Tabletop Simulator on Steam. Look us up. Let's go. play some games digitally, y'all. Let's get digital with Let's each other. Let's get digital. Uh, you guys can find MindGap on Facebook. Look for our page there. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at MindGap Podcast. And Justin exists digitally as well. That's true. On Instagram and Twitter, it's uh, at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. It is the fun way of spelling it. And while you're in the online realm, check us out on iTunes. On Stitcher, on Spotify, <laughs> and on Google Podcasts, wherever podcasts are sold. 
And you can subscribe to us, you can review us, you can uh, share us around, you can do all the things, and we love when you do all the things to us. And then 2east8th.com slash mindgap and 2east8th.com slash the best bar podcast ever is the other podcast I did with Milos pretty much every Monday, and uh, it's about the bar industry, and it's pretty cool. And I will say, check out, uh, just keep an eye on 2east8th's uh, our work page, or just on our social media accounts, at 2east8th. Um, we're going to be, uh, we're, Drew and I are working on some stuff that's going to be pretty fun. How exciting. How yeah, right? exciting. You all have a lovely morning, day, evening, whatever time it is, and we will see you next time on Mind Gap Podcast. Mind Gap Podcast.